0: what is going on everybody welcome back to extra points in nfl podcast i hope you guys are doing well boy do we have a loaded Loaded show today. Today, of course, is going to be our preview show, which probably one of my favorite things to do every single week. I love looking into these games, and it's only going to get more and more uh, interesting, intriguing, fun, fill in fill in whatever word you want, because now we are in the playoffs. We are finally getting into the wild card round of the playoffs, and it is super wild card weekend. Even though it has the potential to be super bad wild card weekend, and I know that that's an absolutely shitty pun, but. Bear with me, you know, I mean, we have, obviously, we have Saturday, we have two games, then three games on Sunday, and then a Monday night football game that we have in the playoffs, and I really do want to go over and touch on each and every one of these games, which I think will be interesting for at least some sort of... Uh, some sort of aspect, even though some are going to be kind of blowouts and stuff like that. But uh, without further ado, let's kind of jump into it. First things first, I'm going to give you guys kind of the overlay. Uh, the two Saturday games, we have the Seahawks taking on the San Francisco 49ers, the Chargers taking on the Jaguars, and then the three Sunday games, we have the Dolphins at Bills at 1 p.m., the Giants traveling to take on the Vikings at 4.30, and the Ravens going to play the Bengals at 8.15. Now, Monday night football, of course, we have the night game, 8.15, Cowboys traveling to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all these games had the potential to be relatively one-sided and outside of maybe the Chargers and Jaguars and we'll get into that in a little bit here but what I think is kind of funny I guess just looking through is when we look back into the playoff picture uh, first thing that I want to touch on is I think the two worst possible seven seven seeds got in on each on either side of the conference. The Seahawks, they're going to I, I don't think that they deserve to be in the playoffs. I would have taken the Lions or the Packers over them, and then the Dolphins without Tua definitely didn't deserve it whatsoever either. Now I know that I was talking a pretty big game earlier this week about how the Dolphins um, could sneak up and, and and upset the Bills, but we got the breaking news out about Tua's injury literally. Five minutes after the, um, the podcast got posted, and I touched on that on our social media. If you guys want to go check that out, there at Extra Points NFL Podcast or Extra Points Podcast underscore uh, on Instagram. So, yeah, go ahead and check those out. But either way, what I was saying is. Now that the Dolphins don't have Tua and it's official that they're starting Skylar Thompson, I think it has the potential to be another blowout. In the line, Buffalo being favored by almost 14 points, that half right now on DraftKings, that kind of reflects it. So at this point, over the Dolphins, I would have taken the Steelers. That would have been cool. And I would have taken even the Patriots over them to make it at least a tiny bit more exciting. But on the bright side, we have three divisional matchups uh, so far. And then the other three games are rematches from the prior uh Prior time, the second little interesting little nugget, I guess that is pretty pretty funny, is the Bills and Bengals were two teams that were obviously vying for the Kansas City Chiefs for the one seed. The Bills obviously did have the one seed and could have obtained it had they beaten the Bengals uh, in the game, where unfortunately Demar Hamlin did suffer the cardiac arrest on the field. Now, with the with that game being forfeited, the Bills and Bengals were kind of screwed out of the uh, ability to get the number one overall pick, giving it over to the Chiefs. But they kind of have a bye week now. Not even gonna lie. I mean you look at the Bengals possibly playing Anthony Brown senior for or junior for the second week in a row a third string quarterback, and then the Bills playing Skylar Thompson, making his second career NFL start also a third string quarterback. So that's that's very interesting. But yeah, I mean the Chargers and Jaguars played earlier on in the year. I believe the Chargers took a win there. Giants and Vikings played, believe the Vikings took a win there, and Cowboys and Buccaneers played Buccaneers taking the win there. So yeah, that's a lot. Quite the opening soliloquy for Jaboy, but without further ado, let's get into the games themselves, and I'm going to give you guys my picks, and obviously we're going to be going all over all of them because every single one of these are important. So the very first game we have is the Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. My big question for this game is what the hell are the Seahawks going to look like? Can Geno Smith finally pull it together because he's had a rough last couple of games? I mean, if you look at his stats overall, they aren't too bad. He's sitting at about 400 completions on 572 attempts, 4,282 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. That's not counting his rushing statistics. So that's not terrible, but when you're facing the number one defense in the San Francisco 49ers, that is obviously going to give me some sort of reason for concern. Switching over to the San Francisco 49ers defense, I've I've been preaching it for weeks upon weeks. Now, I sound like a broken record. They are elite. Nick Bosa should be the defensive player of the year. No contest. And honestly, he even has a shot at MVP with the incredible, incredible season that he has been having. He has 48 quarterback hits on the season, along with being the lead leader in the NFL for sacks. at I want to say 17 and a half. If that that sounds about right, I believe he passed Matt Judon a little bit ago, but outside of just that, I think they have pretty darn good safety play, and the rest of their linebackers like Fred Warner, you look at him, they're no slouches either. So one of the big matchups is obviously going to be Geno Smith against this pass rush. The Seahawks have an okay offensive line. I would say middle of the pack, about there, but I need to see what Geno Smith can do under pressure because he is sure as hell going to be put under a ton of it against the San Francisco 49ers. So... I think Nick Bosa can really wreak havoc, and that's one of the key matchups in this game. I'm going to give a couple of key matchups for each of these games, so hopefully that's something that you guys are interested in. Nick Bosa versus that O-line, I guess, counts as one, but really it's a 49ers defensive line versus Geno Smith. I need to see how he's going to deal with the pressure. I know that Kyle Shanahan and what they do, D'Amico Ryans over there, sometimes send corners and safeties even on blitzes. Uh, Teleno Funga, he's been playing absolutely incredibly this season. Ballhawk, hawk, I absolutely love what he's been doing, so it's a huge game, and Geno Smith is going to be under a ton of pressure to perform, and I mean, Pete Carroll even came up prior to say, like, yeah, we really wish we didn't play the 49ers this week, like, yeah, I know, I don't, I don't think there's a team in this damn league that wants to play the 49ers, in my opinion, they could go to the Super Bowl, so... I don't know. But looking outside of just Geno Smith, the Seahawks defense has really came back to earth over the past couple of weeks. They've really kind of started to hit a slump. They started off pretty hot, but if you look over their past couple of games, I mean, they've held some teams in check, yes, but I mean, like they held the 49ers to 21 when they played them just a couple of weeks ago, but that was in one of Brock Purdy's first couple of starts. They held the Chiefs to 24, but that was with Patrick Mahomes having some uncharacteristic mistakes. And then you look and you see that the Jets put up 23 points. And then you see that, uh, or the Jets, I mean, they held the Jets to six. My bad, I read that wrong. But the Rams put up 16 points with Baker Mayfield and the cast of nobody, and they could barely scrape that out because of a poor offensive showing. Carolina put up 30? I mean, you're looking at a team that held uh, Arizona to 13 points with all of their starters benched, for the most part, going in about the second half. Yes, they had the outlier game against Jarrett Sidham but then you look prior to that and they just obliterated the, the uh, Washington Commanders they faced the Seahawks, held them to 13. They held the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to seven. This, this defense is just elite. And I mean, when you see, when you're going into the playoffs, I think they're going to be even better. And the fact that you look at the Seattle Seahawks defense, who Xavier Crawford, he's questionable. Uh, Shelby Harris is questionable as well. If they don't play, that could be a huge issue. And I just don't think that their offense with Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett are going to be able to do enough against the 49ers offense. Now, of course, with, I guess, the fact that everyone and their mother is going to be picking the San Francisco 49ers, there's always that little percent chance of an upset. I mean, ESPN gives it about a 25% chance, which is pretty crazy here. But when I look at it, even if Brock Purdy is just average and manageable, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel's back. Uh, George Kittle has been going off. He has like seven touchdowns in the past four games. I think that the San Francisco 49ers are more more than capable of taking down the Seahawks. The one thing that I will raise for concern is the fact that there is a potential to be some weather. There's over a 50% chance of rain, and I want to say like a humidity of maybe 70 or something like that. So it's going to be wet, it's going to be slippery, and there might be some winds as well. In the last time that the 49ers played in a poor weather game, Yeah, if you guys remember, that was week one when the Chicago Bears beat them. Now, of course, that was Trey Lance making his first start, and they were still kind of getting into the swing of things, so it might just be all a moot point. But if there's one thing that the Seahawks do well, it is running the ball. Now, the 49ers obviously can as well, but leaning into the Seahawks' strength, it has the potential to be a little bit closer than nine points here. But for the betting advice here... I'm going to go ahead and take the San Francisco 49ers to win this game outright on the money line. And then I'm going to take the the total to be over 42 points. I think that, or uh, yeah, over 42 points. I think that with both of these offenses, I think points are going to come pretty quickly. I think it's going to be a ground and pound game, which makes me want to say, yeah, it could go under 42 because of the weather. But when you look at it, I mean, they're going to need to be throwing the ball, they're going to need to be putting up points, especially in a divisional matchup. So over 42 is not a bad bet whatsoever. Now, to our second Saturday game, we have the Chargers taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars with an interesting line, because the Chargers are favored by one and a half here. And listen, I do do like the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert's great. He was my preseason pick to be the MVP, actually, if some of you guys remember that. But, I mean, if we're going more into it, I just cannot help but look past the Chargers' defense as a whole. Now, Brandon Staley is supposed to be an incredible defensive coach. That's what he was hired as, right? But he really just has not lived up to that billing so far. And we look at Joey Bosa getting hurt last week against the Broncos, which was just completely pointless, which I think is just stupid. And obviously now, as of today, they're out Mike Williams as well, which is just another stupid loss that they shouldn't have needed to lose. As soon as they saw that the Ravens uh, had lost and they'd been locked into that five seed, they should have benched everybody. But I think it's going to come back to bite them in the ass because... Listen, I like Justin Herbert. I like Keenan Allen, but outside of that in Austin Eckler, I don't think they have much on their offense. And the Jags have a pretty sturdy defense, at least a sturdy run D, and they have a pretty darn good set of uh, defensive backs. So if Justin Herbert is limited in any way throwing the football, they're not going to be able to get the run game going. They've, they haven't been able to all season with Austin Eckler, even though he's a great receiving back, and much less against this Jaguars team. And, once, and if they ever get down... there's just no shot for them. And why I think that they could get down relatively quickly is because the Jaguars' ground game is something to be scared of. I think Travis Etienne is a great running back, and he's been showing signs of having a great season. He has a little over 1,100 yards on the season. That doesn't count receiving on just 220 carries. He's averaging around 5 yards a carry, a little bit more than that, probably about 5.1 about there. And Trevor Lawrence has been essentially... Uh, I mean, he, he has pretty much Justin Herbert's stat lines. He's averaging the same amount of yards per attempt. He has 25 touchdowns, same as Herbert, with two less interceptions, and has thrown the ball over 110 less times. Just absolutely ridiculous. So... Now, Trevor Lawrence has been on a little bit of a slump over these past couple of games. He cemented himself with some big ones, obviously against Tennessee and Dallas. But these past three, he hasn't had a touchdown pass. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, they beat uh, Tennessee. Obviously, they beat Houston. Beat the Jets. But. A big component in that was their defense. Obviously, there was a defensive score against the Titans, the scooping score. There's a defensive score against uh, Dallas with the pick six back in overtime. Same with Houston with a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Then you look at the Chargers, their only loss was, um, it within the last five or six games or so has came to the Denver Broncos last week when they had eventually started to bench everybody. So both teams are on a bit of a heater. The Jags have won, what, seven? straight something like that around there they, they've been in in control of seven or eight of their last nine games which is they've been on a seven and two heater it's pretty crazy to see and then same with the chargers they got a big one against miami beat tennessee beat the colts uh, beat the rams and then like i said just fell to the broncos and then you look at jacksonville and they've really taken matters into their own hands they beat the they beat the Titans. They mollywopped the Texans, and that's when the Texans were playing competitive football. They beat the Jets just fine. They beat Dallas in overtime, and then also stomped on Tennessee when they were full strength a couple of weeks ago. So, pretty big here. And like I said, I do not at all like this line being shifted in the charges favor. Can, can the Chargers win 100 and just as a little bit of a disclaimer i see the Chargers as a very very high upside team i just don't know what i'm getting from them in the playoffs if justin herbert plays up to his potential and all the stars on this team play to their potential i'm talking joey bosa mike williams coming back even though he's out for this game keenan allen justin herbert austin eckler if they're shooting and firing on all cylinders they can be a very good team and hell they can even contend for the afc but they can also be a team where I'm not surprised if they lose this round. So I don't know with the Jaguars run game. I'm very tempted to lean Jaguars here and I'm going to, especially with them getting two and a half points. So for a little bet here, I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars plus two and a half. And I think this game is going to go well over 47 and a half points well over it. And I I hate being that guy that seems like he's just picking the over for all of these things, but you have two defenses that are susceptible to one thing. If there's one thing that the Chargers can do well, it is pass the ball. And I think that they'll be able to put up points on a weaker Jaguar secondary, even though they do have some studs there. And then Jacksonville I think they're going to just run buckshot all over the Chargers. So if you think that each team is going to put up maybe three touchdowns, you're already just about there to 47 points. So 100% give me the Jaguars and the over in this situation. Now, transitioning into our Sunday games, these are going to go a little bit quicker because there's not much analysis needed for a couple of these games. First and foremost being the Buffalo Bills minus 13 and a half right now against the Miami Dolphins. With an over/under of forty-three and a half, the Dolphins have obviously came out and said that they are starting Skylar Thompson as their first, uh, as, their, as their, it's going to be his first, obviously, playoff start because he's a rookie in his second start overall. Dolphins are coming into town. It's supposed to be pretty rain, or not, not not necessarily rainy, but it's going to be cold and frigid, and I don't know how Skylar Thompson is going to translate to being able to go and do that on the road after really only playing in Miami. Sunday, it's supposed to be sunny, but it's going to be cold. The high is only 30. The low is 16, so it's going to be pretty crazy. It's going to be interesting because Raheem Mostert also might not play as well, and if you're telling me that Tua's out, Raheem Mostert's out, and then Tyree Kill is still banged up, because if we look at... Um, the rest of their injury report, Cedric Wilson, he's questionable. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater as a backup is questionable. Raheem Mostert is still doubtful. Liam Eikenberg is doubtful, and their, and their fullback is also doubtful. So that's just absolutely ridiculous to me. And then you look at the Bills, who outside of like DeMar Hamlin, Micah Hyde, Jamison Crowder, who got, and Von Miller, who got hurt earlier on in the season, they're getting their people back. They're really starting to get people back in with just Isaiah McKenzie and Jordan Phillips on the injury report. So looking at this, it's kind of ridiculous. It seems exceptionally one-sided. And then if you look at even what the ESPN analytics are saying, they're giving the Dolphins only a 4.2% chance of winning this game and the Bills 957 I mean, oh my God. And then you just look into even more of the storylines. Damar Hamlin got released from the hospital. Praise the Lord. I'm so excited to hear that. I saw that and teared up a little bit. I'm, I'm very, very happy to see that he's doing well. Got released from the hospital. If he's going to be in attendance for this game, I mean, oh my god, it's, it's just going to be the wrath of God coming down on the Dolphins. Especially with Tua out, I don't see Skyler uh, Thompson being able to do much of anything with this offense, and we've seen it reflect in Tyreek Hill's stats. Over the past couple of games, he has 47 total receiving yards. Just absolutely brutal. On about 14 targets, only 5 catches. He's not looked too good, and with Skyler Thompson not being able to really do much, yeah, I just can't see it. And if you have Jeff Wilson starting, he's a decent running back, but... Really, the only positive that I can say here for Skylar Thompson is he's very good at evading sacks, so he can extend plays, and I think that that's going to have to be the key here, is if their defense can capitalize on some Bills turnovers, which Josh Allen has shown the propensity to do, don't get me wrong, same with their running backs with some fumbles, then they can have a chance. If they can force some turnovers, maybe get a defensive score in there and have Ty- and have um, Skylar Thompson really start to extend plays. But other than that, I think that the Bills, I mean, Josh Allen, Devin Singletary as their lead runner, Stefan Diggs, I-, I think that they're just going to need to really do their thing and run wild. And... I'm going to take the Bills' money line. I don't trust the 13.5-point spread, but I will take the over at 43.5 points for a bet here. Now, I know you're saying, Gabe, like 43.5, that seems like a lot for a Bills team that has struggled to put up points recently and a team starting a third-string quarterback. Yes, I understand, but let's just take a gander down memory lane to the Bills' playoff game last year in the wild card against the New England Patriots. The Buffalo Bills put up that many points on their own against a division rival. This place is going to be rocking. It's going to be at 1 p.m. They're used to that time. Josh Allen, it's essentially a primetime game because it's playoffs, and Josh Allen has the highest passer rating in playoff history. I think Mr. Playoffs is going to continue to do so. I think he's going to absolutely throw down on the Miami Dolphins, and the Bills are going to get a very comfortable win and maybe even be able to pull their star just to get a little bit of extended rest. Now, the next game in the uh, Sunday window is the New York Giants and the Minnesota Vikings. Now, this game... Very interesting. Very, very interesting to me because they met earlier, and in it, the Vikings won on a last-second 61-yard field goal from Greg Joseph to put them up, I believe, what was it, 27-24, to 24-21, to something like that. So this game is very interesting. I do think it can go both ways because that last matchup was with both of the starting corners for the Giants out. The Giants have been on a little bit of a heater. They've been playing very well, and last week with their backups in they almost upset the Eagles, who are playing their entire starters the entire game, which is very, very scary for me to see. The Vikings are at home, and don't get me wrong, the Vikings have the talent disparity here, and it is just so wide. I would take Kirk Cousins over Daniel Jones any day of the week. I would take, I mean, maybe their running back, Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook. You can give it to Saquon, but I would take Justin Jefferson over any Giants receiver. Any one of them. I would take a receiving core of just Justin Jefferson over the entire Giants receiving core. I really would justin jefferson is just that much drastically better than all of them and jefferson's uh like yard yards on the ground through the air this season are 1800 the leading receiver for the giants has 700 jefferson has eight touchdowns leading receiver has two i mean justin the, the the mismatch here in talent on teams maybe not the defensive side of ball but at least offensive the vikings have a real chance of being able to blow this team out even though they do have a propensity to play very close games now on the Giants side of things Their defense has been playing good, and like I said, they're going to have their two corners back to play this game as well, which would be very nice for them. And if you look at their injury report, I encourage you to go do so. It's clean. There's no one. No one's questionable. No one's ruled out. No one's doubtful. Who they have is who they have. So that's huge for them. And then with Brian Dable, I'm never going to count him out, who I think is a surefire lock for coach of the year here, outside of maybe Kyle Shanahan. Now... The Vikings' defense is their weak spot, and I think that the Giants, with their offense being the weak spot, I think those are going to kind of cancel out, because the, the old thing that I always say is, I think an average to bad offense will always beat an average to bad defense. I always say that. I think that an elite defense will always beat an elite offense, which is, I'm not saying that the Giants' defense is elite, but it's very good, and I think it could stifle a pretty darn good Vikings offense as well. So, it's interesting to me here, because if you look at the Vikings, they put up 29 against the Bears, but then... Behind that, I mean, they got destroyed by the Packers. I mean, they put up a decent amount of points against the Colts, but that was when they had to have that massive comeback. And then looking even further back, they only put up 23 against the Lions defense, who's been reeling. And yes, they beat the Giants in there, but hey, it'll be a whole different game. And this game can very well go either way. The spread of three gives me a little bit of unease when it comes to picking that. I will take the Vikings to cover that spread minus 3. And for the over-under being 48, I'm going to take the under here. I think it's going to be kind of a slow-moving battle. I think the Giants' defense is going to limit um, the Vikings' offense, but the Vikings' defense will probably kind of just counteract with the terrible-ish Giants' offense, you know? So it's going to be a bad offense and a bad defense against a good offense and a good defense. So I think things are going to cancel out and will be relatively low scoring with a couple mistakes... Uh, kind of deciding it I'm going to give it to the Vikings here because I don't know I I just can't disrespect them anymore they're 13 and 4 they've shown a propensity to be able to win and yes I know it's not one o'clock Kirk Cousins in fact it's 440 Kirk Cousins when kickoff will be or when the first play will be around along with primetime Kirk Cousins so we're getting a double bat here but don't forget he went into the Superdome uh, New Orleans just a couple of years ago maybe three now and upset the New Orleans Saints Uh, beating Drew Brees there, so I think Kirk Cousins will get his second uh, playoff win today, or, well, Sunday. Next game, once again, not much analysis needed here. That is the Ravens going to take on the Bengals. Deja vu. We just saw this matchup happen, and last week the Bengals were favored by, I want to say, six and a half. Well, now they're favored by eight and a half, because it's a playoff game. They're going to be at home. Once again, playoff atmosphere. Joe Burrow is going to step it up. Mr. Cool, ice cold in the playoffs. I think he's going to be able to kind of take advantage of this Ravens defense after seeing them on tape. Like he saw them in game. Now he gets a week to study them on tape. I think he's going to go absolutely ham. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd are all playing. And the only person out is Alex Kappa, one of their starting guards. Now that's a little bit of a concern because Lyle Collins has been out, obviously, with his Achilles injury. And now they're starting guards. They have a starting left tackle, starting left guard. They're, they're kind of banged up on the O-line. And the Ravens do have a good defense. I mean, Roquan Smith just named a first-team All-Pro linebacker. But if you look at it, I mean, Lamar Jackson's out. Tyler Huntley's questionable. Brandon Stevens, a starting corner, he's out. One of the receivers, Tylen Wallace, granted he's like a depth guy, he's still out. So I'm a little worried for this because outside of Lamar Jackson, they don't have much of a run game. And I know last week that they had J.K. Dobbins on the bench just to save him for this game. So I think it will be a bit closer than we thought. But Honestly, if Anthony Brown is, is going to be starting once again, I don't think they're going to do much. He threw two picks last week, and I don't see him improving much this week. 8.5 is a lot of points, which is something that I'm going to stay away from once again, but it is a lock here, and I'm locking this game up just like I locked up the Bills and the 49ers. Give me the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game, and give me the over, because last the over sitting here at 40 points right now. If you can still have it at that time, definitely take it, because... We saw it last week. The, the Bengals put up 21 points in essentially the first quarter. It felt like. 17 maybe. So I think that they're going to be able to do just about that. And then along with that, maybe some garbage time points towards the end for the Ravens like there was last week. But over 40 and a half seems like just about a lock to me. So we'll take that there. Now, finally, the last game that we're going to go over is the Monday night game. I do want to touch on it a little bit here. Obviously, we're going to go into more detail on our Monday night pod, but just for the sake of it, I'll touch on it here. This is do or die from Mike McCarthy. I know that you're thinking, Gabe, wait, 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 wait a minute, Gabe. Uh, Jerry Jones came out and said, yeah, his job isn't going to... Uh, he's not going to make any more decisions based on the outcome of this game, or the, the outcome of this game won't have any effect on if they're going to keep him or not. Well... Call me uh, call me ominous, I guess, but I think that that's because Mike McCarthy's on the on the way out the door no matter what, unless if they can go on a run in the playoffs. If they lose here, I don't I, I sincerely don't think that that a loss here will change uh, Jerry Jones's mind. I think they could lose here, and I think that Mike McCarthy will still, he's already kind of on the fast track to getting out of there. I think that if they win scrape one out this week and then lose next week, and get embarrassed by some other team I think Mike McCarthy's still out especially if he can maybe get Sean Payton which is a possibility even though their personalities kind of conflict now for Tom Brady his team's not good the Buc- they're just not I'm sorry I mean I like Tom Bra- I, I don't like Tom Brady don't get me wrong I'm a Buffalo Bills fan at, uh, for my whole life so Tom Brady kind of tore us a new one all those years Tom Brady's the GOAT we know that not this season He's not. I would struggle to put him in the top ten of ten of quarterbacks this season, just looking at it. So, I mean, yes, they 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 beat the uh, Carolina Panthers a couple weeks ago, and then last week Tom Brady looked okay in the couple snaps that he played. But I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they're good, but can they do anything against this Dallas Cowboys defense? Now, the Dallas Cowboys defense has been going going on a little bit of a cold streak. Uh, relative to the quarterbacks they've been playing. And I know that I touched on it a little bit in our Wednesday show that if you look over their past couple of games in the quarterbacks that they've been playing, I mean, Sam Howell, and they got their asses whooped by him. Joshua Dobbs, and it was a close game for most of it. Gardner Minshew. Trevor Lawrence is the best out of that group, and they lost to him. And then, I mean, just barely losing to Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills. I mean, they played Matt Ryan a little bit before that. I mean, come on now. You know, and I don't want to overreact to the last game that they had losing 26-6 against Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders, but I just cannot get it out of my head. I really can't. And then if you look at it, that Tyron Smith, Demarcus Lawrence, and Trayvon Mullen are all questionable. They're going to play, but any little bit of injury to them, it's just scary. Dak still has a seven-game streak of throwing an interception. I don't know, man. I really don't. Against a pretty stingy Bucks defense. They really, really are pretty decent there. Tampa Bay, obviously, I don't know. They, they, they got their teeth kicked in by the uh, 49ers. They got their asses whooped by the Bengals. They just barely beat the Cardinals' JV squad, barely scraped one out against the Panthers, and then lost to Atlanta. So I don't have much, um, much hope for them either. But I don't think you can count Tom Brady out, especially not playoff Tom Brady and then playoff Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. They're just not good in the playoffs. They really, really aren't. And I can definitely see this being a game where, the Cowboys underwhelm, or the Buccaneers underwhelm, but there's not much that I have uh, like like locked in for this game. It's a very very go either way game. But for the sake of it, I'm going to just add the over to this game, the 45 and a half. I think if there's one thing that these teams can do, it's score, and I think that that's going to be one thing that say say the Cowboys get down, I think they're able to throw their way back into it and they'll be able to put up points. Buccaneers say they get down, I think Tom Brady will be able to throw his way back into it and put up some points. You know, so they're both two good teams. I wouldn't, I would hesitate to call them either of them great, but I would definitely take the over here and that would be that. I guess I'll take the Cowboys to win this game, but I wouldn't put any money on it just because I feel like they need to win this game. But deep down, I think I'm kind of rooting for the Buccaneers here. So just to recap our little bit of a, of what I was saying, I would take the 49ers to win. I wouldn't touch the spread though. I would take the Jaguars to win and cover the spread. I would take the Bills to win, not touching the 13 and a half. I would take the Vikings to cover the Bengals to win and cover. And then Tampa Bay, I don't know. Like I said, it's hard to pick this game. I guess I'll give it to the Cowboys here, but for our bets, now I'm just going to go over for our little extra points podcast, bet of the week here. And if we're just taking money lines, I would say, We'll go 49ers to win, Jaguars to win, Bills to win, Bengals to win, Cowboys to win, and Vikings to win. And if you do that and put $5 down, that'll get you to 66. But for our parlay of the week, I have the 49ers money line and over 42. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars plus two and a half and the score to be over 47.5. The Bills money line and then the over to be to hit at 43.5. The Vikings minus three but under 48. The Ravens and Bengals game to be over 40 and a half. With the Bengals money line, and then the uh, Dallas Cowboys at Buccaneers to be over 45 and a half, which if you put down a five dollar bet will net you just over two grand here. So even if you put down ten dollars, it'll be about four thousand five hundred dollars in this bet, which would be absolutely insane. But yeah, I mean that's all that I do have for a little bit of preview here. Once again, I mean only six games, so there's only so much you can talk about it, you know, guys. But I do thoroughly enjoy playoffs. Who doesn't? You know, they're all so much fun to to kind of sit and go through. Super fun. I enjoy all of them. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I do really appreciate that as well. And then thanks so much for a lot of the support that we've been getting on the, you know, kind of the outside stuff. You know, the social medias and all that fun stuff. We've had a couple of things that have hit almost fifteen to 16,000 people seeing it. And I, I just can't thank you guys enough. That's incredible. It really, really is going from... What, just a couple of months ago when I was posting about having uh, 400 listeners. And so, just all you guys tuning in and really getting this puppy off the ground. Touching my soul, you guys. So I thoroughly do appreciate that for you for uh, each and every one of you. So once again, check us out on our social medias that I was just kind of plugging there on Instagram at extra points podcast or on TikTok at extra points NFL underscore podcast or my own personal Instagram, gave underscore Flewellen. Hit me with some uh, DMs, questions, takes, anything questions you want answered on the pod. And I'll we'll make sure to do uh, go over some of those, especially during the offseason. Some mailbags are never, never an issue there. Uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. Find this podcast wherever you wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor, all of those. Have a good one, you guys. May your team win uh, this first round of playoffs. Rooting for you, unless you're a Dolphins fan. Sorry, I'm going to have to pull for my bills there. But have a great weekend. Enjoy some football, and I will catch you guys on the other side. Peace.